Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. We've got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, g- it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. So that was I'm that not, in front of a live audience. Yeah, that you know that was at a. Uh, All this stuff say, was live, right? No, no, no. Well, they said that was yeah, in the street, live in the street. I remember I had a couple of LPs of his when I was young, and they were both live. Well, live meaning out in the street, like a a, a location record. Oh, you're not kidding. That's what they, they but this is an actual concert, and they they. Uh, well, on the 78, it's the same copy. It says, actually recorded at the Pythian Temple. It's the ninth, Knights of Pythias, by the way. Right, right. April 3rd, 1953. But uh, what I didn't realize is that this actually had come out on 45 as well. And that was Moondog, his, his improvisation in 7-4. Yes. He's famous for his time signatures. And also... Estimate 7-4, that's what the kids <laughs> like. <laughs> and also the the instruments Those that teenagers, he, you know, yeah. you never know what they're going to latch on to next. No, it's always, the instruments always with the 7-4. That he built and pretty much invented. All these little percussion-y things and little string things. It's just an amazing 
super genius uh, was, was Moondog. Him uh, and Wildy Coyote. Right. I was, <laughs> was going to say. Uh, Isn't the Pythian Temple a, a, a recording? They, they made it into a recording studio. They must have bought the building, Decker, because I think that's where Bill Haley first recorded. Is that so? I think. Well, it's I, I could definitely be a nice hall, if you can imagine. You know, this is the early 50s location right, right. recording. When did and he die? Moondog, I think, died in the 1980s or 90s. Yeah, because I'm thinking, Cause he I think you guys a, saw him in the streets in in six in the late 60s. Yeah, we all did at one point. I okay. know, I, I did. I, I saw was just him. checking my I memory if bus. that's possible or if I'm just imagining some other, cra- uh, you know, some other crazy guy. He was guy a fixture in Midtown and... Uh, uh, playing on the street and also handing out his poetry. I was too terrified of him, really. I was young. Well, he was a fearsome well, visage, well, for sure. Well, first of all, he was more than He, he usually six wore the five. helmet, right? And the... I, I mean, he seemed more uh, taller than six feet. Really, he was that tall? And, uh, I didn't realize that. And he dressed like a wizard all the time, kind of, right? Like some kind of... Well, my he, had recollection... he had a cowl and sometimes a Viking helmet. Yeah, my recollection was that he looked like a Viking. Well, sometimes. So he would have that with horns. And, and uh, his his leather robes, or uh, yeah, and, and it's just really frightening, because <laughs> the closer you got to him, you realized he didn't have any eyes in his sockets. They were empty sockets. Ooh, Moon Dog wasn't just blind. He his his eyes were blown apart when uh, he was a child. No kidding. Yeah, they were playing. Uh, I th- I'm Jeez. not sure how the story went. He was playing in uh, in an empty lot, and they found a dynamite cap, and he, and he picked it up to look at it. Something like that. The last thing he saw. I th- I think that was the story. Wow. I'm not sure. But I was I was just terrified. I I wish to God. I had taken one of those little mimeograph right, right. homes, you know. Yeah, I saw them being handed out. Uh, you know, I just New York was a bizarre place in those days. You could <laughs> see just about anything on the street, or, well, he, he, or go he, into a show and see things that just be outside. unbelievable. He yeah. had he changed his positions a lot. Sixth uh, Avenue. He he'd been near CBS a lot. Uh, when he when they found him to record, he was outside of SMC, that Latin music label. You've oh. seen those. Uh, there's a lot of like mambo records on SMC. All kinds of Spanish music, actually. There were there were great flamenco guitarists. Uh, there was early salsa. You know, it was a, it was a any kind of Spanish music. And oh. and Mundo was out in front of their store or their office or something and some guy came out and just listened to him for a while and then they brought them in brought him in and he made two or three records with them see that this is how you get discovered well i I think mundo got discovered several times over you know toscanini used to come and check him out on the street or other composers, you know. Right, well, so anyone with ears. Anyone with, exactly, anyone with ears would, would give would a recognize listen. recognize that there was, this was not some bum on right. the street. No, that there's genius there, And uh, under know, that Viking helmet. When he finally made his first LP uh, for Columbia, after right. he had made many LPs for, like, other little companies, right, his right. own company, Prestige, he was on for uh, some um, amazing records. 
But when he made his first record for Columbia, it was scored for a whole symphony orchestra. They used his scores. It's just remarkable music. And then the follow-up album to that was all rounds. Almost like, you know, middle ages rounds with his daughter singing and him overtracks. And I'm curious, why did you qualify this as a gospel record? I didn't because... Uh, oh, you changed your mind? That was just the intro to the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fooled me. Well, actually... For, I was going to uh, not necessarily start with uh, gospel, but something sacred, and then move into gospel, Okay, if you know what I mean. Yes, so I certainly I, I didn't give you anything yet. No, right? you haven't. All right, so we're going to start with this. <laughs> At a warm spring, Georgia, he received salvation. Listen, boys, and don't you rush. He lit the best she man off, she growled a brush. Dip, did in water and began to paint. She looked at prayers and began to think. She never painted a picture for him at night, and she knew that the president didn't look right. The time of day was 12 o'clock. Tell me that it lay there where the hands stop. Great God Almighty, she started too late. That is why that they call that unfinished portrait. A little bit later, about 1.30, had a cerebral image and they were looking muddy. They called Atlanta. 
Washington too, just like zigzag lighting the call went through. Call long distance to notify the wife, Dr. Bruin said he died at 335. And great contemplate wanna build a tone, but less than 30 minutes the world was in moan. And I cried about Roosevelt. I cried about Roosevelt. I cried about Roosevelt. Of the president's administration, Congress assembled. Grant God Almighty, the poor folks tremble. The rich went ride in the automobile. Depression made poor people raw and steal. I love next door to our beloved neighbor. One getting anything for their hard labor. Great God Almighty, there were moonshine stealing. Robbed about the crime we were robbing and killing. After other president had made us mourn, Roosevelt stepped in, gave a comfortable home. That's why I like Roosevelt. That's why you like Rodavell. That's why you like Rodavell. Tell me why you like Rodavell. Tell me why you like Rodavell. Tell me why you like Rodavell.
started to open the book and to look therein. He'd line the time or two. He'd She's Louise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Reverend Kelsey is. Uh, didn't make any sleeper. Uh, I need them. Yeah. Well, you know, you you might be in luck. I I don't think. Uh, Why you he, don't want to carry that box home? It's too yeah, heavy. Right. No, I don't think he enters really the realm of rarity. No. Well, uh, I don't know about that. Oh right. I have well, no idea is, about that. Yeah, this is a little exception because it's on Brunswick. Uh, that song that we heard, his title for it is Where is the Lion in the Tribe of Jude- Judea? That's what he says. Right, right. Or that's how the copyist wrote it down. Yeah, that's that's more like it, uh, I think. But uh, you, you know that song from uh, from Lonnie McIntosh, and Kenny was uh, saying uh, probably before that, is yeah, that possible? Like the year before, maybe. It w- would have been uh, Reverend F.W. McGee. Huh. But I always loved that version, and I thought it was pretty remarkable yeah, great. Uh, yeah. energy in if, it. If you like that group, they, they're and, yeah. the MGMs are easy to find. I probably, really? yeah. I probably and, have and Dukes Kelsey, right over there. Yeah, okay. Kelsey is consistently, consistently great. Yes, yeah, this, go is, wrong just, this is just all brand new to me, all this stuff. Before Reverend Kelsey, we heard uh, a record... Uh, See, we're in, we're also in the the strata of uh, uh, unknown because I, I can't even provide any information about it. Uh, we heard from a guy named James Lead or Lide, L I D E, with his guitar, electric guitar, and something called See Jesus. 
That was incredible. Yeah, uh, and, and that's about all the information, even on the label. No, it's a yeah, whole, the, you know, it's a the homemade, label almost looks. Yeah. It's a homemade record uh, sent to a pressing plant, you know, and uh, and that's that. you know, recorded very well. Yeah, but I, I I can't tell you anything about it except I have a feeling he's from Mississippi, but I I can't say for sure. And uh, speaking of Kelsey. Uh, one of the contenders for a real uh, rival was Dr. C.J. Johnson. And he's famous for his old-time prayer meetings on records on Savoy, huh. where, you know, he, he basically is a, clearly a lead great singer. But uh, this is unusual, the one we heard, Down on My Knees, huh. because it's really a, more of a congregation record yeah that was really something and super because just walking around the congregation right and and you can feel the motion in it and uh yeah very heated congregation yeah definitely uh and it's really old time lining out uh and i don't think this would have been any different in 1954 from uh just about 1854 you know that kind of energy and then we started with uh, otis jackson which is a, a really famous song that he made popular, Tell Me Why You Like Roosevelt, hmm. with his uh, vocal group. And I've heard that from, you know, street singers like Connie Williams, uh, Line Connie Williams. Popular song. And and uh, uh, I'm sure uh, other group. Yeah. There are other group records with that title. Is he the writer of that song? I don't know. I, I just assume he's the, he takes credit for it. Yeah, it says Jackson. So no, that doesn't really mean anything. Right, right. But anyway, that was a gospel set. We're gonna. I, I, I thought I'd just contrast it with the most uh, decadent stuff I could, <laughs> uh, just just for the sake of. Uh, Are we moving into the realm of the? Uh, I think decadence would be contrast well. Oh my God! And uh, and since we we're listening to groups. And I just mentioned, absolutely, I think one of the very best groups, Otis Jackson's group. Huh. Here's a here's a, a very popular group. Very. A lot a lot of people know. This is the Clovers in Off Hours huh. in the studio. Well, I said, come on, cocksucker, Sammy, get your motherfucking mammy. We're going downtown to the cocksucker's ball. Fuck. Suck and fight Tell the beginning of the broad daylight We don't need no goddamn Taxi fans on a trim Them holes in a rocking chair Take off all the rags We gonna play a little game called tag Tomorrow night after run Cocksuckers ball Come on, you poor-ass singers and you big, big slingers. We're going downtown to the cocksuckers' ball. Fuck, suck, and fight. Tell the beginning of the broad daylight. We don't need no goddamn taxi fare. We're going to trim them holes in a rocking chair. Take off all their rags. We're going to play a little game called tag. Tomorrow night after run cocksuckers' ball. Cha 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 cha. At the run. Run. Cock. Cock. Suckers. Suckers. Run cocksuckers' ball. 
nipples on my titties, big as the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs, I'll make a dead man come. Oh, who's that? Baby, won't you shave them dry? Want you to grind me, baby. Grind me until I cry. Say, I fucked all night and all the night before, baby. And I feel just like I want to fuck some more. Oh, great God, Daddy, grind me, honey, and shave me dry. And when you hear me holler, baby, I want you to shave dry. I got nipples on my titty, big in my thumb. Daddy, you say that's the kind of woman you want, and you can make them come. Oh, Daddy, shave me dry. And I give you something, baby, where it'll make you cry. I'm going to turn back my mattress and let you oil my springs. I want you to find me, Daddy, till the bell do ring all day. want you to shave and dry. Oh, great God, Daddy, if you can't shave them, baby, won't you try? Now, fucking was the thing that would take me to heaven. I'd be fucking in the studio till the clock back level. Oh, Daddy. Daddy, shave and dry. I would fuck you, baby. Honey, I'd make you cry. Now your nuts hang down like a damn bell clapper, and your dick stands up like a steeple. Your goddamn asshole stands open like a church door, and the crab walks in like people. Ow! Oh, Woo! Baby won't shave them dry. A big sow gets fat from eating corn, and a pig gets fat from sucking. Read you see this horror? Fat like I am, great God, I got fat and fuck. Shandra! My back is made of whalebone, and my cock is made of brass. And my fucking is made for working me in two dollars. Red garden round to kiss my ass. Oh, Ooh, daddy, shave him dry. Trying to find a solution But a certain person Trying to find a solution But a certain person With this modern surgery They change him from he to she But behind that lipstick rouge and paint I got to know if she is or if she ain't I 
are what gave him the idea and the spark to leave the country bound for Denmark. He tried to live the life of a man, but that was not in accord with nature's plan. So he underwent this operation and came back home to shock the nation. But behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I got to know who she is. Oh, is she ain't. Back to this country, they made her a popular celebrity. Out of public sentiment, she got movie contract and plenty engagement. People came out of curiosity to see this amazing freak of the century. But behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I still wonder if she is, or is she ain't. of this modern age now she making plenty money because of hormones and plastic surgery joined down 20,000 a week and not one listening to this record could get a peek so behind that lipstick rouge and paint what you think she is oh yeah i know she ain't Yeah, she is or is she ain't? That's the question. Yeah. As posed by, well, he, well, he's called the charmer the on charmer. that, right? Now, his name is Louis Eugene Wolcott. Wolcott. Does, that, does that sound familiar? To you? No. Jersey Joe Wolcott. Um, he was known prior after that as Louis X. I don't know who that is. Well, you know Malcolm Black, X. Black nationalist? Right? Sure. You heard, well, Louis X was also in that crew. Really? Yeah. You're telling me this guy was part of Malcolm X's crew? Uh, well, he has a, a very, uh, very close connection to right, right. Malcolm X. This is Farrakhan. It's Louis. Yeah. Louis Farrakhan. Are, Are you gonna kidding me? Well, yeah. Let me see that right. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's actually a wonderful... Musician is a, a remarkable musician, and he's a pretty good singer, right? Yeah, I yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, that's him. That's known as the charmer. I think that's with McCleverty's Boys or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, they were great. They were a great Calypso group, uh, all through the fifties. But for a brief time, I think uh, the charmer sang with McCleverty's crew there. Uh, before that was the famous test pressing from, uh, I, I, I don't know, is that an ARC session? I, I believe it is. With the, it's Walter Rowland on piano. I think it's her last session. It's her last session? Uh, now we're talking about Lucille Bogan, Bogan who is also known as... Bessie Jackson. Right. And she's doing Shave Him Dry. And Shave Him Dry, uh, this again, off hours in the studio. The unexpurgated yeah, yeah. version. And that's the full version of it, yeah. Yeah, she sounds pretty wasted. Yeah, she's definitely flying. And uh, That one's always an eye-opener. Yeah. Well, this one, I think, well, I got this from actually, actually from Jimmy Dayton, who I think had these made up for like a jazz club or something. Huh. Dayton's was a, one of the essential stops 
in the 60s and 70s, or well, 70s when I went there, down by Book Row. If you went on 4th Avenue to all the bookstores, you have to visit the Strand, which is on the corner uh, off, right, off of 4th, right. right? Yeah, I remember that. Right, you remember that. Well, the Strand I remember is, still, is actually, the Strand still has survived, thankfully. But across the street was Dayton's. Huh. And uh, he had always the most interesting selection of, you know, one, t one time he had this incredible collection. It was Ralph J. Gleason's collection. Really? I think after he passed away. Every record was meticulously kept, pencil marked with dates when they arrived, and every rare import that you ever saw. And all my friends were going there for weeks without telling me. <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Those bastards. Until I finally found out that it had been mostly cleaned out. Yeah, wow. Don't tell Pat. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was great. Now, now, we had a caller who had a question about a previous record. Oh, that's right. Yes. We had yeah. somebody actually listening and carefully pointed out that, we that I missed yeah. the first uh, track of the previous set. And I think his question was, what the fuck was that song about the uh, yeah. peyote? Yeah. It was actually part of a peyote ceremony. And I, 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 I followed it. Uh, I was following Moondog with that for a specific reason because, you know, uh, Moondog, Lewis Harden, was part uh, Native American. Is that right? Yeah, uh, and grew up in Oklahoma. But uh, I, I'm, I really can't tell you who, uh, what tribe these guys represent. Joe Rush and his singers with the drum. Uh, but this is part of a, a much longer like song cycle for peyotes and you know, i wanted to include it in a, a set of sacred music because that's what it is that's good and i, I put a little peyote in both of your drinks so <laughs> the music very, should get even stranger that's very kind of you why are, are we strange uh no but some of these records have been uh, very eye-opening okay and um i think at it's this point trip. in the show we might want to tell people to you know, uh, put their little kids out in the backyard. You know, the way they used to do in the 70s. Just put the kids in the backyard, give them a BB gun, um, <laughs> a baseball bat, and let two brothers figure it out, you know? Well, I thought... My brother used to shoot, or well, shoot well, me with the BB gun in the backyard, and every once in a while my mother would say, don't shoot your brother with the gun. <laughs> now they'd put her in prison, you know? <laughs> well, we we turned out say, okay. I well, you're going to say to get the kids out of the room because of the language. That's what I meant. That's, what, the records, I meant. that's what I meant. You're too late. You're supposed to do that first. Well, at this point, yeah, it's probably a little too late. <laughs> I think that. I think that. But you I never know what's coming. You know, it's, it's always good to. You know, unfairly, uh, Romanowski here as as a great host, by the way. We oh yes, phenomenal host. Has brought out. If some, we haven't mentioned that, we should mention it now. He has brought out some spirits having. from a. Trappist Monastery. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time I'm actually watching you get a, a little tipsy, my friend. I kind of like it. I don't think I'm a little tipsy. I hope not. No one ever thinks they're a little tipsy. It yeah, just is happens. That it? No, it's just a lot tipsy. <laughs> um, it's purely well, medicine, my friend. Purely oh, yeah. medicine. Anyway, uh, Nectar I'm of put the gods. The, now yeah. that you've said that, you've made me terribly self-conscious yes. about some idiotic things. I'm sure you really care about what I'm saying. I have either said or I am going to say. Well, you know. So we're going to listen to... This uh, this is an excerpt of a folk music lecture. Really, this is a folk uh, a folkways record actually from the sixties, 
I'm sorry, from the 50s that you will probably never see anywhere else again. And uh, I have to thank the, my good friend John Cohen for this. He's the only person who who had this record huh. and uh, that I know of. And this is going to be a little tough to cue, but what we're going to hear are excerpts of two melodies. And uh, I, I don't know, uh, I don't have the notes for this or anything like that, uh, because it was a very private, small release, not part of the Folkways catalog. Hmm. So the, uh, whatever this lecture was, I, I assume it might have been for school use, something that maybe Corlander cooked up or something mm -hmm. like that. I'm just guessing. But uh, in this section, Man's Early Instrument. Uh, th there's a comparison here on band eight that I want you to play both segments. One is Chinese melody and one is American melody. And we'll start the set with this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the Comparison. shortest track we're going well, to do tonight. Part the first of the set. I got a follow-up. You know, I got three more. Okay. Come on, boys, and listen what I tell. Oh, the old impression that we all remember well. Oh, the year that it happened is we. Man. 
Just walked over there and picked up a little old juice harp here. I ain't got but one thing again. They'll bite your tongue, knock all your teeth out all at one time. You ain't very careful with them. You know, this is about the only instrument I ever seen my daddy play. And he sure could play one of them. He lived back up there in them Blue Ridge Mountains where the sun didn't shine. But about six hours a day, he had a great long beard and great long mustache. And every time he'd get to playing one of these things, his tongue would go singing through his whiskers. And I'd just look for it to grab some of them and pull them out, but it never did. So I'm going to play an old tune that my, I always hear my daddy play. An old tune called Adam and Eve in the Garden. <laughs> In the garden, hoeing around the maters. Adam run around the huckleberry bush, and Eve in the eye with the tater. And milk the old great cow. I'm gonna milk the muley. For the one that I milk, it belongs to Julie. <laughs> Bird laid in the tall oak tree, spiral in the garden. The old goose sat in the corner of the fence and laid over yonder in Jordan. Run, boy, run, the bad road catch you. Run, boy, run, Lord, you better get away. <laughs> Okay. 
for this set yeah, yeah. oh my god where do you start i mean <laughs> we just heard old ruben old ruben by the romanian <laughs> the yeah romanian good luck folk. good luck reading I, I, I think it's too late for me to read anything okay tell the kids out there what they've been uh, listening well, to i i don't i'm surf. not sure even if the artist is on here no this is vocal and that's the best you're going to get. Folklore Dance of Romania. That's juice, Resonator Juice Heart. That's a big resonator attached to Juice Heart with a symbol on it. And it's called Floricicia, I'm going to guess is the pronunciation, huh. on the Lark label. Of course. Of course, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Recorded in Romania. So there's some classical Juice Harp to uh, contrast Maynard's Juice Harp. Yeah, we had J.E. J. E. Maynard singing probably of one of the first very, songs he ever learned. He's very well known for his Juice Harp records on Bluebird. He could have done Ruben. A Beauty Ruben. on King. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. And you know, uh, because we started with that little Folkways excerpt, um, yeah, let's let's not leave anything out this time. No, I'm out. not going to leave anything out. I I just want irate do, callers. I, I just wanted to do, uh, delineate what what you really heard when it said uh, Chinese melody and American melody as a comparison. And there was right. the Chinese instrument was a, a big sanshin, you know, like a their version of the banjo. Right. It's a really long neck, three string kind of banjo. It's like a giant. Samson, but the Chinese. How do you play something like that? Do you have to you play with a plectrum. Oh well, no, yeah, you can reach up there. Oh okay. Uh, but it's tuned very low in that example. But uh, the the intervals apparently struck the editor as very re remindful of Doc Boggs because that was that excerpt that followed. That followed. Right, right. And now Doc Boggs in a really uh, you know archaic tuning on the banjo. And, and then you skip I, you skip the record because then after that you after played. that right I wanted to since we were had just heard Doc Boggs uh, I believe it's his neighbor by the name of Ed Sturgill hmm. and a song that he wrote 
and and plays very like Doc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, on which the is amazing. And, the, and his voice is different, but the singing style yeah, is similar. Yeah, he's too. a. Uh, I I heard that song first from Mike Seeger. Hmm. Uh, Mike did a wonderful, fantastic job of it. It was just mind blowing the way Mike did it. And uh, we talked about it a little bit, and uh, it turns out that Ed Sturgill, this guy. Uh, had made this uh, homemade record, I, I, I think, on his own label. I'm not sure. It's a big pine or pine breeze or something like that. But uh, the the gist of it was that they were close. They knew each other, and I had found well, they that they had I, to have played together almost with the playing style. Right, it's very likely thing. that yeah. he tutored himself to Boggs or yeah, that's what something it like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was an older man, and I found a picture of him finally. <coughs> No kidding. Apparently, he had been uh, part of this uh, one of these country opera uh, theater kinds of things that would play in little country playhouses. And I found a postcard from one of these little playhouses from that area. And there's a line of uh, actors on stage, and the last guy's got bib overalls and a and a big resonator banjo, and I'm almost certain that's ed sturgill so hmm. I'll, I'll send you that picture yeah okay uh, i'll put it on the website uh you know i don't have any proof that it's him but i have a i have a feeling that's hmm. him. you know uh well, that so was that, great yeah fantastic all right and so on to the we're gonna do one more set of music here is that what time we have yeah, only one believe it or not yeah well, time that's... flies when you're listening to great juice harp Resonator Records. I've heard that said um, often. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I'm, ser- I'm sorry to hear that because I had two more sets planned. Well, we're, yeah, we're going to have to break it up. In, unless, is is that all All you have left? Yeah. Just two more? Two more sets. All right, let's just plow into them then. Let's yeah. do them, and this will be the longer show. Okay. So we will. Well, I was, I was a catfish Swimming in the whoa, whoa, deep blue sea I'd have all you pretty women right there Fishing after me Fishing after me Fishing after me Well, my mother told my father about three months before I was born Say got a boy child coming, you know Gonna be rolling stone Rolling stone Rolling stone Oh Lord Oh Lord Well not a catfish Swim up the river Seem like it just won't come back down Said I believe to my soul Red catfish Deep water bound Deep water bound Deep water bound Well I passed My baby's house And I sat down on her step. Said, come on in, my Larry, no mind. 
husband just not live He just not live He just not live Oh Lord Well, I feel, babe, I feel Like my Lord and old time ain't long Say I get the first thing smoking back Down south I'm gone South I'm gone South I'm gone Oh, Lord Stop and listen, yeah, 
Well then tell me, why don't you be having talking to the mama, crying, stopping, listening, get up, build a tone. Well, I had a sweet fellow, but she's dead and gone. Crying, smoke like lightning. Bells on, shine like gold. Now don't you hear me talking? Pretty mama crying, look like lightning. Bells all shine like gold. While I found my pharaoh lying on a golden bowl. Crying her look lonesome, backing up to your door. Now don't you hear me talking to the mama? Crying her look lonesome, backing up to your door. While I know my pharaoh, oh girl, dead and. Crying, I ain't gonna be your riding hog no more. Why don't you hear me talking to the mama? Crying, I ain't gonna be your riding hog no more. Well, I've been your rider. Ever since I've been your dog, oh, it just gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of the top ones so far. Right, that, that, well, and, and just, nothing has been I mean, less than spectacular. South and Sunny Lane Going back down south Back down south and Sunny Lane I'm gonna find my baby Going back down to My baby, my baby. She said, Oh, please come and stay with me. 
going south after the New York Blues because uh, uh, you know just for the obvious poetics of it but uh, to me that was uh, the essential hooker uh, yeah that's you know the roots of Hendrix the, uh, however you want to look at it and, and at that I time I think it's I just mean, magnificent he's really the last guy left it's really playing in that old style of you know yeah free time kind of I just, yeah, I just read something recently about some jazz musicians who were talking, uh, famous jazz musicians, which I, I probably shouldn't name, but bad-mouthing guys like uh, Hooker, but especially Hooker. Really? For his yeah. time. Oh, God, uh, you know, please. for chopping up the uh, measures or whatever. Yeah, you you know. can't see the forest, but the trees chopping up the sound. measures. He's just playing naturally. <laughs> right, right. It's the exact opposite. It's it's easy to go, okay, everybody, in one, two, three, four. <laughs> right. Well, what you can't you do never is do what he's with, doing. Right, which you never have with that. It's an absolutely Hooker. absurd statement. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like something a jazz fool would say. Well, it's, it's something that uh, would definitely lower your opinion of uh, the... Uh, Especially jazz musicians who are supposed to be he- a well, little I, I went to jazz school, so you can't lower my opinion anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's a case of stay in your own backyard. You don't yeah, know exactly, anything about this. Exactly. You don't know the criteria Please, for what makes this well, good or not well, good. The only reason I mentioned that is because you how to play giant steps. Play exactly. faster, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, to me, uh, when I heard, I mean, that really turned my head around completely about Hooker and... I have to say that Hooker is the first blues man I ever heard. Hmm. Uh, so uh, many, many years later when I discovered this <coughs> record, after being a veteran collector. Right, right. And uh, I said, well, you know, here's another Hendrix, I mean, sorry. Another Hooker. Here's another Hooker record. Okay, yeah, put it on. 
And I got home with it, and I put it on, and I just could not believe what I was hearing. Yeah. That he's always got a surprise. He's always got something but fresh. But his records no matter that, what he does. that are just him and guitar, or two guitars, to me, all hit me that way, like Louise or Sugar Mama. You oh, know? yeah. Yep. Well, the early stuff. And the only reason the why the band stuff. stuff can be a little is because the bands can't play with him. Because he still does that well, loose time yeah, thing. He does with his the own bands. thing. He and if he doesn't have the right way. band with him, they can't Sometimes follow him. it creates a nice tension. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. it's good. I'm not saying. Well, Candide had no problem with it. And in fact, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hooker says, uh, it actually says it on the record with the Hooker and Heat, the sessions. He says, uh, they're bringing up Wilson to play with him. And he says, he says, man, I don't know, boy, you must have been listening to my records all your life because I can't lose you. <laughs> so he That's says great. he said that yeah. to Alan Wilson. You know, who, well, you you know, again, Bob and I adored. You, you can imagine the uh, way those, Alan Wilson, the way yeah. someone like Hooker toured, where he's always got a different backup band. I mean, you can imagine how horrendous it must have gotten, right? I mean, he was using pickup bands. I mean, I had like a friend who used to be the Philly guy who played yeah, with right, him. And right. He just went city to city with different people each night. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, you and can there's always a problem. It, it, it oh, had it's to a horror show sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, even, even worse than Chuck Berry in his pickup pants. Yeah, exactly. but, uh, you know, Hooker, well, he was part of that circuit. Of yeah, pickup yeah I get it. Hooker in Detroit, nineteen forty-seven, nineteen forty-nine. <clears throat> that little span when the second guitarist is Eddie Kirkland, hmm. who was another guy that Hooker could not lose. Uh, right on, and if he did lose Kirkland, it was great because hmm. Kirkland was so great. Right, right. Uh, and before that. Well, the, well, before we went down south, we listened to a couple of New York guys. That Highway 41, which is a, another stream of consciousness guy, if there ever was one, if you listen to it, it's just, uh, it sounds like he's making it up as he goes along. It's just, it's, that's Cousin Leroy, hmm. who, who uh, I know two, mainly two records by him. One is a great version of Catfish that he does on Groove. But this Highway 41 was the best uh, to me because, uh, as again, I found this under ideal circumstances. No one hyped it to me. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything about him. I found out that he lived in New York all the huh. time we were playing in New York. And we never looked him up. Wow. And he was playing also. He would play in little bars and stuff. And uh, I think he uh, was from Georgia or something and... The reason that he had such a low profile is that we believe that he had escaped jail hmm. from somewhere down in, <coughs> in Savannah or something. He's trying to stay under the radar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really. Like, huh? you know, oh, yeah, Cousin Leroy. Yeah, Cousin Leroy. <laughs> you know, you would hear other musicians talk about him, but I never got to see him. He was a, he was a mystery. And speaking of catfish, we started that... Uh, that set with a version of Catfish by someone that most people know, uh, would know in country blues, but not this side of him. That was Larry Johnson. And uh, in the late 50s, again, Larry Johnson had come from, I'm not sure where, was he from Georgia? Maybe that's Larry now. Yeah, let's see what Larry says. Yeah. Yes, we have another caller here from California. Well, Larry's out there somewhere. <laughs> we'll, complaining that you didn't we'll, we'll send a shout out to Larry. Larry I want to hear more about that fucking uh, yeah, peyote I, song. I, I, I had the pleasure of playing with Larry a couple of times. We did some gigs with the Otis Brothers. No kidding. Hello. Oh, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, we did a little uh, session in his house that we recorded. I'll, I'll try to get that to you. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear This is the three of us, and uh, it, was, wow. it was great. But I saw on other sides of Larry. I talked to him a lot. I had interviewed him on the radio when I was at KCR, too. And uh, I sent that tape to the Library of Congress at the time. Hmm. But I didn't make a copy for myself. Oh, of I course. figured I could always get another one. Into the black hole. And that was it, yeah. I, th- I could get it, but I think I have to pay for it now. By the you hour. You pay for it to get your copy back. Yeah, to even get, though you get a copy of the copy. Even though you donated yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, that's, uh, that's the young Larry Johnson. Hmm. And, who, and I'm sure he's very proud of that. That's a great catfish. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's just a great player, and he's still out there. So hello to Larry Johnson if you're listening. All right. Um, and, uh, I believe that's it, uh, unless we, uh, I, I wanted to go out actually with two pieces. Okay, let's do it. Uh, because I can't decide which is more important in my life. Actually, three pieces. Okay. I'm sorry. That's three what you pieces. said earlier, yeah, three. So, I, 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 I didn't lie, did I? So, you gotta quickly say what they are, and we gotta throw them on so my computer okay, doesn't so, run out of so, memory. Okay, so we're gonna listen to... Natal Tri Singers, T R Y, which uh, I have nothing uh, to add uh, there. Yeah, it's just a great vocal group. And uh, we're going to listen to the Staples, I'm Coming Home. Okay. In their very best years in VJ. Okay. Uh, just at, again, around the time of all the great hookers that were hits in the later years. The VJ stuff was the, great. There were the Staples Singers. And then the last, the very last thing is one of the most uh, precious pieces of music in my mind ever ever produced on a record from uh, Alan Lomax who visited uh, a penitentiary in 1947, the first time he had a, a reel-to-reel quality machine, not, a, not cutting records, but actually a, a, this beautiful fidelity of some of the most precious music in American history. And I mean that. It's no exaggeration. And we'll end with that. Okay, cool. So, we say goodbye. Yeah, thanks a lot. I do. This was a great time. Oh, <laughs> 